smartcast you're listening to a hindustan times production brought to you by hd smartcast hi this is manjula narayan national books editor hindustan times and this is the books and authors podcast it's a weekly podcast where i speak to authors who've got a new book out hi trisha hi manjula So for the listeners this is Trisha Bora and she's the author of How Not to Kill Your House Plants A Beginner's Guide to Plant Parenting and it's a lovely book Trisha it's, I'm I'm really I mean it's well produced and more than just a book about you know plants and how how to make sure that they don't die on you it's also what I liked about it is also like we were talking earlier about the the philosophical aspects of things that you've touched upon like you know you've touched on mm-hmm. climate change and how children should be you know exposed to plants and a whole lot of things so le- you know mm-hmm. let's let's uh, tell me let's start with how did you decide to write this book okay firstly thank you so much this book is really like a passion project you know because it's a subject very close to my heart I uh, I wrote this book because uh, an editor at Penguin Gurveen approached me to write it. I mean okay. I I I maintain a very small account on Instagram mm-hmm. where I just uh, it's like a daily upload of my plants and how they're doing and okay. she really liked the way I wrote about them. So she okay. said why don't we do a guide for plant keeping because you know 2020 was the year of the pandemic but they also called it the plant demic because mm. people were buying plants like crazy for the first time yeah. in india really yeah. because you know the plant market has always been there but if you ask any nursery men right now they have done really well in the past year year and a half because yes. suddenly there's been like you know when people are indoors and things like that you have this natural bias to seek out some green some nature right when you mm-hmm. your public parks are um when you don't have access to the public parks or your avenue trees and things like that so she's like mm-hmm. this is the best time to write this book let's write one for like absolute beginners right because there mm-hmm. lots of new people coming to plants yes so that was the general idea hmm Okay. And 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 uh, how long I mean how long did you work on this because clearly you've been into plants all your life. So in a sense, do you say in in one part that you know you, you were killing all your plants in your yeah. 20s? <laughs> yeah. So I grew up in um, in Assam. Uh, my parents worked in the tea gardens. So I've always been surrounded by, you know, nature in a very large scale, right? In this mm-hmm. kind of wild Uh, uh like the wild side of nature with this forests and things like that but also the manicured side of it which are the plantations but yes. then once i moved uh, uh to delhi and after college and things like that when i got when i moved into an apartment i was like i need plants in my life so i got a bunch of plants i didn't know anything about them and i killed each and every one of them right so everyone <laughs> that was delhi i was young i was like uh, you know kind of busy and involved in my own self so mm-hmm. i didn't know how to care for them but um, mm-hmm. uh, many years later when i moved to bangalore my mm-hmm. social uh, life kind of uh, decreased and mm-hmm. bangalore is such a lovely place for plants right because the climate yes. is uh, pleasant the soil is really fertile and the nurseries mm-hmm. are just gorgeous there with like and they stock amazing varieties and things like that so i was really tempted to try again and mm. 
I realized that once as I was like, you know, spending more time with the plants, you kind of start, you know, you kind of begin to understand what they're trying to tell you. Right. So Mm -hmm. then I got better at it. But the thing is with plant keeping, it is like a trial and error um, Mm -hmm. experiment. Right. Mm -hmm. You just keep getting better and better as you pay it more and more attention. Okay. So, no, I mean, so basically, that's what you realized, like, um, by this pro through this process of trial and error. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, and how long did it take you to put this book together, though? Oh, yeah, that was the question. I, I totally <laughs> forgot it in the midst of my rant. So, the thing is, um, Penguin asked me to write this in March, I think, or Feb to uh, 2020. And okay. I gave it to them in August. Okay. Okay. So basically you put together all the stuff that you already knew and which is a lot. I mean, and, and, and this essay, the introductory essay, I really loved it, you know, for how you spoke about, yeah, you spoke about growing up in, in in the tea gardens and, you know, talk a bit about that and how it inspired you. Like your mother sounds fantastic. (laughs) She is. So the tea gardens are really something or anyone who's grown up, you know, in rural India or surrounded by nature. It's really amazing. And the, the, in the tea gardens, you have uh, you have you really have this rich culture of like uh, gardening. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have these mm-hmm. annual shows, which all the women kind of where they like display their plants and they get prizes and things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So so you have like cake competitions and uh, like just generally you showcase everything from jams to like your uh, vegetables, the vegetables that you've grown and flowers and roses and house plants and all of that. And my mother used to, re- I mean, my mother really loves plants. And back then she was obsessed. Like she was okay. never in the house, you know, from in the morning hours, she would be out with her head gardener huh. and, uh, uh, and they'd be busy, like, you know, planting things, polishing things up. And it was all aimed at that final competition, that annual uh, gardening competition. And wow. she'd win all the prizes every year. So people got bored, <laughs> bored of it by the end. And but like it was like this thing that she had. That, I mean, she loves plants and she loved the fact that she would win them kind of very easily. And yeah. so, yeah, so that was like her year long activity. And obviously gardening is something where, you know, it changes month to month, right? So one month you're planting this, then you're planning for the future, right? So she was always busy and things like that. So it was, it was amazing to watch her and it was amazing to kind of, um, be surrounded by that kind of beauty because in spray, these, these bungalows that, uh, the tea gardens come, uh, that, the, uh, that are based on tea gardens, they come with like huge lawns, right? Front lawns yeah. and yeah. like really sprawling uh, vegetable gardens at the back. And sometimes if you're lucky, you'll get orchards thrown in. So Ooh, it, it was really a charmed life, you know. And wow. uh, unfortunately, I didn't learn much in those years. You know, I was, <laughs> yes, <I heard> that. <laughs> I was too busy, you know, like ro- enjoying the beauty of it all rather than mm. learning anything. Hmm. But yeah, so I always have that in my mind, right? Once you move hmm. to the, it's not like I took it for granted or anything because it's such, hmm. it's such an experience, like such a natural experience. You can't not love it or anything. But once I moved to the city is when I realized, oh, like shit, paradise lost. Like fully. 
in a way like now that i'm older and things like that i i really miss it and i long for that kind of experience which i can't have so that mm. that is one of the reasons i turned to house plants and and so uh, i think it's one of the reasons a lot of people turn to house plants right to have yes. to bring in nature into these urban small spaces that we live in yes and and there's a bit where you mentioned that you know for the first time in history so many people are living in cities i mean such a huge number of people and there's a loss there in the sense that we've lost our connection and we need that right hmm. you uh, you know talk about this need for nature i mean like you know the forest bathing you've you've spoken about the, the japanese art of forest bathing and yeah. and how you know, we feel so good when we are within nature even when yeah. we go out wild and this is an attempt to recreate that in our homes talk about that see there there are there is another aspect to that right a lot mm-hmm. of people are also buying plants because it is really trendy to have certain plants right oh. so okay. you know since social media mm-hmm. um house plants have really shot into the mainstream it was something mm-hmm. like i remember when i was first on facebook and things like that this is many mm. years ago i mean you didn't really see pictures of plants you saw pictures of people food pets whatever like holidays and mm. things like that but instagram wow. really made plants cool this was mm. like uh, starting with i would say the fiddly fig right oh, which i think okay. the new york times called it the house plant equivalent of a newborn this is in like no, 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 you spoke right? about that yeah 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 so that's one of the reasons that it's really taken off right because social media mm-hmm. has made it cool so it's mm-hmm. like a trendy thing also like uh, for example now in india the monstera is something that almost every home has one right because it's why does okay yours doesn't maybe i'll send you one but like you know what i mean right it's um, yes it's it's a marker of uh, popular culture of course yes, and it's yes. also like you know it's like ikea bookshelves right you see it you yes. recognize it oh this is from a certain a certain place it's a certain uh, parameter but yes but yeah despite all of that like that, uh, that is one factor right mm. uh, popular culture but the other is there's this um there's this term called biophilia which i haven't mentioned in the book I think. Yes, you haven't. Okay. Yeah, so biophilia I think it was uh coined in the 18th century or something but it was popularized by this American uh writer and a naturalist. Mm-hmm. And he has a book called Biophilia in fact which means okay. which literally means the love for all life. And in his mm-hmm. book he talks about how humans have an innate need to seek out mm-hmm. nature because we are natural. Okay. right so mm. it is a human bias it's a genetic bias so mm. when we are cooped into these um homes and things like that we want to go out take a walk right we yes. want to go stroll by the sea or by a promenade or a public mm. park and and the thing is that it it because natural forms i mean when you look at a house plant right you walk into a room which is empty and mm. it's just filled with objects right but mm. when you bring a natural uh, form in it like a plant your yes. eyes immediately feel um uh, more kind of relaxed 
right? Yes. Because the form yes. is more fluid. It's more natural, right? It breaks mm-hmm. up those kind of hard, inanimate uh, uh, spaces like walls and cement and lamps and tables and things like that. Mm-hmm. So one is that it gives you uh, relief almost immediately, kind of like watching fish, right? Yes. So they say yes. that if you have anxiety or stress, if you watch fish, even in aquariums, they kind mm. of make you feel peaceful, yes. right? It's yeah. a reason why lots of monasteries, which are obviously built in nature, but they also have lots of koi ponds and things like that because fish yeah. watching is supposed to be a calming mm. effect. And mm. so, yeah, those are uh, like, obviously pr- plants give you that kind of, you know, they make you feel uh, less stressful. They reduce anxiety. But, uh, and that's one of the reasons why, uh, forest bathing has really taken off, right? Which is this, yes. um, like it was this Japanese thing. I mean, forest bathing is very literal, right? It is mm. actually a more philosophical thing where activity where you go out, spend time with nature, and you uh, think about think upon life and the problems of the world, right? Yes. But it's really yes. taken off again because there is that need to return to nature because we are so cut cut off from it. Hmm. So the fact that you touched on these things and why plants are so, uh, you know, important to us. Hmm. That's what I liked about this book and this sort of meditative. Hmm. Um, it, it's almost you know kind of. Uh, turning the reader towards thinking about why hmm. he or she does the things, you know, hmm. wants to be immersed in, in nature. Hmm. That's, that's a, and I think you've thought deeply about this. You know, you know, the great thing about gardening is, is that you actually, it's, it's a very tangible experience, right? And because most mm-hmm. of us on a day-to-day, in our day-to-day lives, we are looking at things like our phones, right? Which is, those are all intangible experiences. You Mm. think about them, right? You see a post by a friend, you think about it. It makes you feel a certain way. But with gardening, you actually touch, you you know, you you touch soil, you see how plants are growing or not growing. So it's Mm. an everyday tangible experience, which I think is very necessary in Mm. this world where everything is in that internet kind of, you know, intangible space. Yes, yes, yes. You're getting your hands dirty, like literally. Yes, absolutely. Hmm. Instead of just getting into this entirely, I mean, it's entirely the inner world that's being that's being played upon when you're immersed in the internet and hmm. in right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. So this this line, I love this line. These three little words constitute the foundation of plant keeping attention is love that, that's what you're talking about um yeah. I would go further to say that they're what constitute a life well lived that's true actually yeah. i mean it so, applies to anything that we do right whatever we do with attention whether it is write a book or you know do your excel sheet like if your attention is there 100 percent yeah the chances are you will get it right <laughs> yeah that's true you're in the flow like you mentioned yeah yeah, yeah. So, but you know, I didn't know that this rare plant trade, maybe I'm like really misinformed. I didn't know it was like going out of hand this much. And it, you know, you mentioned that and it's all a result of being one up on each other on social media, I guess. Right. 
it is partly that. I mean, rare plants have always been sought after by collectors, right? The hobbyists. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we've always had hobbyists through time, right? So people mm -hmm. have, I mean, there's been a whole, uh, you know, search for orchids and exotic plants yes. during, you know, the, um, uh, eight, the 18th century. The Victorians were crazy about new species coming in. But uh, nowadays, because of social media, you have, you know, you have a lot of people kind of uh, looking out for rare plants, which are, I mean, it's problematic in a way because in uh, Southeast Asia and in Asia, you don't know how some of these plants are sourced, right? Now, if these plants are made out of tissue culture, that's a different thing. But if you're going out into uh like a forest and plucking out orchids right and you yeah. then sell them on the market and there'll always be a demand for rare plants i mean there's always been a demand it's just now that it, it's become more aggravated because you want to be cooler than you want to have the next new thing right mm -hmm. so i find that problematic i mean it's there are two sides to a coin, right? So one is that is problematic, but it can also kind of shed, uh, start a, con uh, you know, a, a conversation on conservation of these species, right? So if there are species that are kind of endangered in the in their natural habitats, if more people know about them, then we can do something about these species, right? So yeah, it's you know, it's an, it's like there are two sides to this. But uh, mm -hmm. it is uh, funny to see, like, I really hate that term, wish list plant. So it's a thing where everybody has, like, a wish list of plants they want, right? And all these plants are really expensive and they're hard to find. So why I find this problematic also is that then the then you forget about your local kind of, you know, mm -hmm. your common local plants, which may be better suited to your environment than these exotic species that you have to put in more effort and, you know, more money and more time into just taking care of them, right? Yes. Whereas yes. species that are like more uh, adapted to your environment, which could be very common, but will actually be, will take up less time, will give you less less trouble and which you can find in any nursery and things like that. Those mm. kind of get neglected when there is this, uh, like, hankering for these new rare species. Mm. That was Trisha Bora, author of How Not to Kill Your House Plants, A Beginner's Guide to Plant Parenting. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.